We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Happy Friday, Packer fans! Welcome into an all-new episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. I'm joined once again by the one and only Carmen Vitale. You can follow her on Twitter at Carmi V. She is the NFC North expert for Fox Sports. Carmen, it has been a couple of weeks since we've had the opportunity to talk. It is great to be talking to you once again. How the heck are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's just a very topsy-turvy time in the NFC North. Quite a bit has changed, I think, since we last spoke. A lot has changed. Uh, specifically, the Vikings reel off a couple wins, one against the San Francisco 49ers. Tyson Bajant is winning games for the Chicago Bears. It is a weird time in the NFC North. Uh, it has been a hot second since the Packers and Vikings have faced off with both teams having losing records. It has been a longer second since the Vikings have been favorites heading into Lambeau Field. It is all upside down, Carmen, so I'm happy that we have you here to make sense of everything. Let's start off with the Packers, of course, and let's start with their loss to the Broncos. Now losing three in a row, they are two and four lost two very winnable games against the Raiders and the Broncos, both on the road. They finally get back home. But how do the Packers rebound? What was your takeaway from that loss to the Broncos, and where do they kind of go from here? It was disjointed, but at the same time, the Packers still had an opportunity to win that game. And this is the reality of having a young quarterback. It's also the reality of having an offensive line that isn't quite as 
it doesn't have as much continuity as we thought it would. And a defense that is in the middle of the pack across the board in every major defensive category at this point. These were things that we hoped that the Packers could lean on while Jordan Love kind of got himself going. And the thing is, Jordan Love got himself going too early, I think, and, and kind of did himself a disservice. I just wrote about it for Fox Sports that he upped people's expectations in the beginning of the season, leading the league in touchdowns and uh, in the first couple of weeks of the season as well. So this was one of those things where he shot himself in the foot <laughs> expectations wise, but it doesn't change anything. The Broncos loss doesn't change anything. This was always going to be an up and down year for the Green Bay Packers. It is crazy. The order of operations and how it can change things. Chicago and Green Bay are such phenomenal examples. They're both not good football teams, but Green Bay got their two wins early in the season. They look kind of look pretty good through their first three games. Could have been three and zero, oh, but now they lose three in a row, uh, and everything is falling apart on their side of things. Meanwhile, Minnesota and Chicago pick up a couple wins more recently, and everything feels like progress and trending in the right direction for them. Whereas again, it feels like kind of the the house of cards is falling underneath it from Green Bay. But it do, it is interesting that order of operations. But yeah, how how Green Bay rebounds from a, a really difficult loss to the Broncos. Um, you know what what did you was there anything different that you saw in that game or anything that you took away positive, negative, indifferent, anything from what we've kind of been talking about from a Packers standpoint so far this season? It was it was defensively, I think, on the side of the ball that side of the ball where. It, it just isn't clicking still. And we're still seeing, again, the same issues that we've been seeing out of the defense. Yeah, And that's so disheartening because the Broncos aren't necessarily a good team either. We the, the Packers made Russell Wilson look competent, and he hasn't been competent in this offense. So I don't know if that's we're going to see Denver kind of start, start taking more steps forward and if they're in the camp of, maybe the Vikings where the Sean Payton tenure was not under, it, it didn't start off on the right foot, but they'll, they'll figure it out eventually. That will be interesting to see going forward. But I just, the defense is supposed to be something that again, the offense can rely on. I'm going to say that until I'm blue in the face. And that's just not been the case so far. The pass rush wasn't there. And then of course you get Eric Stokes going back on IR, you know, coming back very, just getting hopes up and and thrashing them have kind of been uh, it's it's been Green Bay's mo this this season so far. And I think from a defensive standpoint, and uh, I know myself and others have pointed to of like uh, you know from a points per game standpoint, it's not it's not terrible. Again, you allow 19 points in the league, and you're you're supposed to win those specific games. I think that a couple of things that are really disheartening for me for the defense, I've talked about one of them, but I think the other one's worth going over as well. First of all is the lack of turnovers. This defense could help the offense out a ton, an offense that's struggling a lot just to kind of get anything going. Man, just getting the ball in plus territory or, you know, heaven forbid, getting a pick six or a a defensive score of your own or anything like that just to give this team a little bit of boost and everything feels so much different and then the other one that I have talked about is, yeah, the, the points per game it, at times feels okay. Like it, it doesn't feel great, It doesn't, but it's not terrible by any means. But when opposing teams have had the game on the line and the defense is on the field, I go back to Atlanta. You know, Green Bay went in with a 12-point lead against Atlanta. The defense allows three straight scoring drives for Atlanta to take the lead. Yep. You go against New Orleans, and I know Green Bay won the game, but 
Green Bay finally gets the lead. And New Orleans, with a backup quarterback in Jameis Winston, who, of course, has starting experience in the league, but still, he goes right down the field. They get a 43, 44, 45-yard field goal attempt somewhere in there to win the game. They missed it, but more often than not, that's going to get converted, and now you're putting the ball back in your young offense's hands to try to go win the game. And then same thing this past week. You know, Green Bay finally fights and claws back and gets a lead, and the Broncos go right down the field and kick a game-winning field, or what ended up being a game-winning field goal. And yes, Jordan Love has had opportunities in these games, and the offense has had opportunities too. But if you want to be the group and, and the side of the, the ball that's really making sure that you come out with some of these wins, the defense has had opportunities, and unfortunately they have not been able to get the job done. Yeah, I feel like they're missing the, – the Packers defense is missing that clutch gene. Because yeah. I the, the, the point scored, to your point – yeah, you should be able to win with that. But at the same time, again, you have a young quarterback on the other side of the ball and you don't want to have to put it into his hands to win the game every single time, especially early on when he's getting his sea legs under him still. Again, this was another way where Jordan Love was able, kind of shot himself in the foot in that Saints game where he was able to come back and and rally everybody around him and, and go down the field and score that game-winning drive. But you shouldn't rely on him to be able to do that. The defense should be able to step up and it can prevent a defense from scoring points, especially when this team has been such a second half team. It's yep. taken at least a half to get going on offensively and to start scoring points. I think they have 20 was 24 or 26 points total in the first half this season so far. So yeah. you're digging yourself into a hole and your offense then finally comes alive. That's when the defense needs to clamp down. And that's not something that we've seen so far for the most part. And almost all of those points came in the first two weeks of the season, I think, against uh, Chicago and Atlanta, and it has not been pretty ever since. Let's jump to our recap of the Vikings game. They, uh, on the opposite end, they get a huge win over the 49ers, and 49ers had some injury issues. I'm not, I don't care all that much. I thought this was a very impressive performance for Minnesota and to get a win. Like nobody, I don't care that the 49ers had some of those injuries. Nobody's excited about playing that 49ers team. And Minnesota somehow found a way to come away with a victory without Justin Jefferson, Marcus Davenport, and some injuries of their own. The biggest thing in that Minnesota Vikings win for me was that Kirk Cousins just apparently made his mind up that he was going to just go off. He was yeah. going to use the guys that he had and he was going to trust them regardless of if he actually felt that way. We saw him take a long time to trust Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, the offense, the reigning offensive player of the year. Yeah. Kirk, uh, rather, Kevin O'Connell has talked about how he worked with Kirk Cousins on those opportunity balls. And even if Jefferson is double covered, throw him the ball anyway. He's a good enough player that he can make that play. And yeah. now Kirk Cousins is getting it done with a rookie in Jordan Addison who had a phenomenal game. So TJ good. Hawkinson, who has been reliable and has that clutch gene I was talking about. He converts first downs uh, like it's his job, and it is. And Kirk Cousins just seemed to make up his mind that against one of the league's best defenses, he was going to trust his guys anyway because he really didn't have a choice. And I think he's to be commended. Kirk Cousins is to be commended for doing that. I, I know that the 49ers are missing some pieces, but – that defense is still that defense. Nick Bosa was still out there. And so at that point, you you have to make a choice. And that the offensive line held up. Uh, Garrett Bradbury coming back for the last few weeks has been just such a boost for that unit. So I just I'm so impressed by what Minnesota decided to do in that enough was enough. We got nothing to lose. We're at home. It's Monday night. 
everybody's watching. Nobody's giving us a shot. We're going to rally and we're going to do this thing. And that was when you have that belief in your locker room, that, that goes a long way. And primetime Kirk Cousins has not always been something that has had uh, those epic games, at least not in the positive direction uh, throughout the course of his career. He came up with a big one. I was so impressed with Jordan Addison. He was just phenomenal in that game. And it, it's scary to think about uh, a healthy Addison, Jefferson, and Hawkinson all together if they can ever get to that point because that looks like a very, very, very potent trio for that Minnesota offense moving forward, not to mention Christian Derrissaw, who's playing out of his mind at left tackle. They were impressive. They come up with a win, and they are trending in the right direction as they get ready for Green Bay. Before we get to our preview of some of those games, we've got a couple other recaps to go through. Lions, the Detroit Lions, a massive, massive loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens look for real. Of all the things that maybe surprised me, the Lions just getting handled like that probably surprised me the most over the past couple weeks. They have the Raiders on Monday Night Football, but they they need a kind of a bounce back game after just getting everything handed to them in that game against the Ravens. The Lions do, but I have every faith in the world that they're going to do that. You said it. The Baltimore Ravens are a good team. We just witnessed the 49ers lose to the Minnesota Vikings, who before that game were not considered a good team. So if we're not going to panic about the 49ers dropping that game on Monday Night Football, we can't panic about the Lions dropping a game in Baltimore to the Ravens, who seem like they've put a lot of things together. Todd Munkin taking over that offense is paying dividends for Lamar Jackson at this point. He's on pace to still run over a thousand yards this year while also putting up over 4,000 yards passing, which would put him beyond his 2019 MVP season. It just seems like it kind of took a while for that to take hold. And I can't say enough about Baltimore's offensive line. And then that defense is, and always has been scary. So I just think that the Lions found themselves in a hole. They, they were caught by surprise by the offensive efficiency of the Baltimore Ravens in that first half and just couldn't climb out of it. Nothing was going right. The ball wasn't bouncing right for Detroit. But at the end of the day, good teams have those games. Pretty much every team, even if they, are, if they end up winning the Super Bowl, will have these games where they just get completely and utterly dominated. And Sometimes it's just that it was that matchup. It was that game plan. It was a perfect storm and it's okay. The lions are still a good team and I fully expect them to bounce back against the Raiders. Yeah. Sometimes you're the hammer. Sometimes you're the nail this time. uh, The lions were the nail. I have a feeling they're going to be the hammer this week against the Raiders. As you mentioned, I don't see the Raiders sticking with that Detroit team. Obviously green Bay got a good look at both of those teams over the past few weeks. Detroit just looked, you know, so incredibly better than what the Raiders did in those two individual games. Obviously every single game has its own unique matchups. Not sure I would have necessarily predicted uh, bears over uh, Raiders this past week, but um, let's just kind of jump to that one. The bears beat the Raiders. Tyson Bajant wins like with insane, crazy, like poor or like low yards per uh, air yards per attempt. I think it was one of the lowest in a victory. 3.3. kudos to them for finding a way to have a backup quarterback make him efficient Um, I think there's more to Bajan than he even did in this past week's game I'm interested to see what he does in prime time this week against the Chargers what did you see against the Raiders and what are you looking for the bear from for the four from the Bears uh, against the Chargers this week this show is sponsored by BetterHelp do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way In college, I personally dealt with an addiction that was tough to get over, and while my mind kept telling me to do the right things, and I wanted to do the right things, 
It was always hard trying to make the right choices in real time. What I eventually found out was that therapy can help you figure out what's holding you back and how to work for yourself instead of against yourself. Therapy has helped me with my past struggles and helped make me a better person today for my friends and my family. Therapy has helped me learn my trigger points, my destructive habits, and what positive steps to take to ensure that those negative behaviors turn into positive ones. If you're even thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be catered to your schedule, and flexible to your individual needs. The best part is that BetterHelp is so easy to sign up for. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your best friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Packaday. It's finally football season, which means it's also finally daily fantasy football season. And while I get excited to play daily fantasy every year around this time, I'm even more excited this year because I'll be using prize picks for all my daily fantasy selections. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Even better, they offer ultra quick withdrawals to make all your transactions super fast and easy. Also keep an eye out for weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. My favorite, Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Before football season ramps up, I've been using prize picks for my MLB and college football picks as I prep for a season of winning in daily fantasy football. The experience has been amazing, and it's increased my daily enjoyment of watching Brewers and Badger games. Now, it's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepickscom packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This is such an interesting case study with the Chicago Bears now slotting in Tyson Bagent, who won the number two spot because he was essentially the most similar quarterback to Justin Fields. Tyson Bagent can run the Bears offense as is, as yeah. they w- they can call everything that they would call for Justin Fields for Tyson Bagent. Is Tyson Bagent the runner that Justin is? No. But Good Tyson Bagent is a great athlete. He can run when he needs to. He, we sh- he showed that. He even had some swagger about him when he got that first down inside uh, inside Raiders territory, I think, in the first half. But what really impressed me was that Tyson Bajan had this poise in the pocket that was, and he was getting through every progression that was given to him in, in each certain play. In fact, uh, he told us after the game that that's uh, why was I about to say anything? Glute Getzi got on the whiteboard and at halftime and kind of wrote out some plays that he wanted to run in that second half after seeing what the Raiders were doing defensively. And one of the things was the screen to Deontay Foreman that ended up going for 17 yards. And Bajan said they had wanted to run that specific play for weeks and they hadn't been able to. And I'm like, okay, so they trusted their backup to run a play that they had been wanting to run, ran it to success. It was a risky play. Tyson Bajant rolled out one side and had to throw the ball across the field to Deontay Foreman, who had three offensive linemen in front of him running with him. But to set that up, there was so much misdirection. There was so much motion, even pre-snap. And that was a really cool play design. And I'm like, yeah, why haven't y'all been running that yet? 
Why did why has it taken weeks to run that? And I can't help but think that it's a bit of an indictment on Justin Fields and his processing as a quarterback. Because if you can trust a guy making his first NFL start, who, by the way, is a rookie out of Shepherd University in West Virginia, then what's the disconnect with the game plan that you are giving Justin Fields? If you can pare it down and you can make it simple and you can still trust your guy under center to the point where you can let a rookie come in and execute it, why can't you do that for Justin? And if you can, and he's the one that can't operate it, that's what we're going to start to see how this offense actually operates going forward with Tyson Bajan under center. I can't help but think that there is, there is some indictment to be made on Justin Fields. If Tyson Bajan continues to be successful. It's going to be a really interesting game against the Chargers to see how he performs. Uh, Chicago borrowing a, a concept that they, the Packers, Aaron uh, Jones, ran against them with that rollout screen pass from week one. And it obviously had a, a lot of success this past week going to Johnson. But um, or, uh, was it Foreman they ran it to or Foreman. Johnson? Foreman, yeah. Foreman. Um, that's right, because Johnson was out this past week. But yeah. I think that's clear concussion, concussion protocol now. That is that is so true. The Bears will be getting Roshan Johnson back this, <laughs> this week. This, this is gonna sound like a uh, huge benefit of hindsight. I, I thought Bajent was a draftable quarter. I know he's a D2 guy, I know he didn't have like, but his numbers and his athleticism, and I know he doesn't have like the strongest arm in the world, but he looked like a sixth, seventh round pick to me all day. I was surprised he went undrafted. I thought that was a really good get for Chicago A to, mm-hmm. to find him, but then B to also trust him with that backup because we know what Nathan Peterman is. You're not getting anything. You're, there's no there's no juice to squeeze out of Nathan Peterman. And you know, if Bajent in his first start is going up to the whiteboard and drawing, and you know, him and obviously the, the coaching staff are drawing up plays and going over things. He's an impressive kid, and I'm very interested to see how he does this week against the Chargers. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a double-edged sword. You never want to start the game with Nathan Peterman, so I understand why he was not made the number two. The only thing is when Nate Peterman comes in in relief in the middle of a game, that does drastically change how a defense has to play you because Nate Peterman is a completely different quarterback than Justin Fields, but it also falls on the coaching staff to be able to adjust the offense for Nate Peterman, who is so drastically different. But yeah, I mean, starting the game, when if, if, if an opponent knows it's going to be Nate Peterman, that's never going to end well. But uh, you don't have a lot of film on Tyson Bates. Again, like, he's very underscouted, and he doesn't have a lot of uh, reps in this league at all, yeah, preseason or otherwise. So it was very interesting to see how poised he was, how well and confidently he executed the game plan. And again, this is this is going to be very interesting going forward and, and to see how fans react, how the team reacts to, you know, Justin. I, Matt Abrams flew said Justin Fields is the number is the quarterback is quarterback one. He's he's their starting quarterback. So when he's healthy, he'll come back. But I don't know if, if Tyson Bajan has success. This, it's it's not going to be pretty in Chicago. It's not going to be a pretty discourse. That's for sure. I'm interested to see if they open up the offense a little bit more for Bajan this week, or if it's still a little bit more cookie cutter paint by the numbers, yeah. like no yards down the field, those sort of things. But that that's going to be one of the big things I'm looking forward to in bears chargers this week. Uh, let's transition to Packers Vikings. It's going to be a very interesting game for both sides. As I mentioned earlier, I'm not used to seeing both teams with losing records when they play these games. Um, it feels like a very big game for Minnesota to continue sort of their winning ways. And it feels like a massive game for Green Bay to try to get out of their losing ways and just pick up a victory by any means necessary. Played at Lambeau Field, home game for Green Bay. When it feels like, I, I, when I say has to have, I don't mean it from like a, 
a playoff standpoint, anything like that. Just win a game at this point before we even have any delusions of anything like that. But uh, it just feels like Green Bay needs to do everything in their power to get back on the right track in this game. It's going to be difficult, too, because uh, the other thing that we haven't talked about with Minnesota is that their defense is getting a lot better. It is. And they're finally grasping Brian Flores' system, and it's paying off. You know that Brian Flores is going to come in, and he's going to bring all of the pressure, literally all of the pressure from everywhere. It doesn't just come from the defensive line. It comes from everywhere. And his main objective is to get the quarterback out of a rhythm or to prevent the quarterback from getting in a rhythm in the first place. That's been an issue then for this offensive line in Green Bay and Jordan Love himself because he's young, he's inexperienced. Jordan Love hasn't seen half of these looks, I guarantee, that Brian Flores is about to throw at him. So it's going to be up to the offensive line, I think, primarily to make sure that Jordan Love is protected and to not get fooled by these stunts and these games and stuff that Brian Flores runs. Uh, Daniil Hunter is going off. He's already at nine sacks for the year, so he's about to eclipse double digits. And that's going to be a really tough matchup for this Green Bay Packers offense that has, again, not had the continuity that they would have liked along the offensive line. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think you know, you've had a couple uh, really good articles out there. Obviously, uh, Jordan Hicks and, and Cam Bynum have had back-to-back really impressive weeks, players of the week uh, for the defensive side in the NFC North. That's going to be something that's tough for, for I think, this Packers defense. You've got, uh, like you said, all the pressure. And, and kudos to you, by the way, because we talked – it might've been after week one where you're like with this defense, give it a little bit of time and have some patience with the Vikings defense, because Brian Flores is going to come in. He's going to change some things. It's going to take some time for the players to grasp. It's going to take guys like Harrison Smith and Daniil Hunter to, you know, basically kind of adopt first and then everyone else kind of pick it up after that. We are seeing that to a T right now. And that defense is flying the frick around. (laughs) It is. And it's very impressive. And again, uh, we saw what they were able to do to Brock Purdy, uh, although the, I think the last part of that game, Brock was concussed, yeah. uh, which which isn't the greatest thing. Uh, it probably shouldn't have still been in there. But that's their main objective, like I said. And it starts with Harrison Smith. It starts with Jordan Hicks. But it's now gone beyond those guys. Cam Bynum, multiple interceptions. And again, Daniel Hunter being so incredibly productive up front. Uh, I just, this is going to be interesting. And then offensively, Kirk has found a swagger and, but the Kirk roller coaster does go up and down. He'll have these incredible games following it up with something that is just kind of, where did this come from? It's just, yeah. it's a constantly, it's, it's not an, it's not a consistent team. We'll just say that the, the Minnesota Vikings are the weirdest team I think I've ever covered. Uh, and I covered years of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Jameis Winston. So <laughs> they're still a very weird team. Um, and offensively, it's going, you're going to see if Kirk really does trust the guys that he has or if he just rose to the occasion on Monday night. That's going to be very interesting coming into Lambeau. The the turnover battle is the most lame cliche thing to talk about because, of course, it's obvious. It goes without saying you win the turnover battle. Your odds of winning the game just go up exponentially. So um, I don't mean to beleaguer something that's very clear and obvious, but this is a Minnesota team that has had a ton of turnovers and has been plagued by turnover issues and a Packers defense that is grasping at straws to try to get any sort of turnover to come their way. So you've got this team that's like, Hey, take the ball. And this other team is like, nah, we don't want the ball. And now it's going to be really interesting to see 
how these two teams match up and if Green Bay can get those classic Minnesota turnovers or if Minnesota can finally have their game where they're like, you know what, today's the day we're not going to turn the ball over against this team that's allergic to getting them anyway. That to me just goes so far in this game because Green Bay can't survive right now without a couple bounces going their way. It feels like Minnesota has been apt to give them away and Green Bay has to find a way to take them or this just screams Minnesota has a huge advantage in this one. Green Bay has the opportunity to set the tone early, especially because the, the Vikings have given the ball away on four opening drives so far this season. Now, that didn't seem to matter against the 49ers because the, the Minnesota defense got the ball right back and kind of wiped the slate clean as far as turnovers go. But you can build off that if you're a defense. If you are able to take the ball away on that first possession and get rid of and, and take that possession off the board for the Vikings, that's going to limit them. That can set the tone. And I that would be a way for Green Bay to kind of key in and figure out how to win against a team that is now on the up. And, and maybe more importantly, actually get some freaking points in the first half of a game, which maybe can actually set your defense up for success. Give your young offense a little bit of confidence. <laughs> if they could get a couple of those things going their way, it would feel just totally different. This is this cannot be another game where Green Bay is going into halftime down 17 to three and Matt LaFleur again talking about, well, we just got to compete in the second half. Like it can't be that they've got to find a way to either take get the turnovers or just get them three and out, whatever it might be, and get the ball back and give their offense some hopefully some opportunities in plus position to hopefully get some easy points, which is there's been nothing easy for this Packers offense so far. Carmen, I haven't asked you in a, a few weeks, but I want to get your pulse of the NFC North right now. If you were to power rank the four NFC North teams as you see them right now, how are you ranking them one for four? And yes, I am scared to ask. <laughs> Don't be scared. Uh, I guess at this point, I have no choice but to flip the Vikings and, and the Packers. So I think it goes Lions. At this point, Vikings, Packers, Bears. I still think, I think Bears, I, as much as you know, they're showing signs of life, I still don't think that uh, they're, they're quite on the level of the other three teams. And I do think that the Packers are going to inevitably and eventually be okay. This is just, this is six game sample size, guys. It's not, it's not a ton. It's, it's not a ton of time. No sweeping conclusions. It's entirely what my article is about today. Just, I don't want to necessarily invoke love's predecessor, but what is he so infamous for saying? R-E-L-A-X. Just relax. Six games in. So, uh, yeah, go check that out and, and don't panic, guys. It, it'll end up – I think it'll be fun. Patience is an insanely hard thing to have in the NFL. There's it only is. guaranteed 17 games every single year. Every single year feels like its own mountain in and of itself, and trying to look ahead into future seasons is like it's almost near impossible, much less looking past a week or two. To your point, and it's good therapy for myself as well, it is only six games – this is only a like the youngest team in the NFL. They've been bombarded with injuries. We're hanging a banner in the Don Hudson Center this week because all 53 Packers practiced on Friday, which I don't think <laughs> has ever happened in the history of the team, it feels like. So we'll see what that means going forward. But maybe, just maybe, there's a, a modicum of good news coming for Green Bay just with even some of their health. All right, last yeah. but not least, I know you pitched some potential trades this week. I know you pitched... <laughs> Uh, potential commanders, edge rushers slash defensive linemen to the Detroit Lions, which would make mm -hmm. them much more potent. Derrick Henry, uh, potentially to the Ravens, which we just saw what the Ravens did to the Lions. Now imagine Derrick Henry being on that team. I love both of those ideas, but I got to ask you if you had a trade idea for the Green Bay Packers, either trading away a player or trading for a player, what do you got for us? What's your best mm -hmm. idea? 
it would go against everything that they do, but it would be to bring a, a veteran wide receiver in there um, and, and get a guy that Jordan Love can rely on uh, in, you know, in, in downfield, um, not yeah. just in the backfield, not just with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, um, but get a guy that he can actually throw down the field to. And that's going to make up for some of his uh, maybe rookie mistakes and, you know, a big dude that can go down the field and has a large catch radius that, you know, can can snatch balls out of the air where maybe that wasn't thrown exactly right and it wasn't in the exact right spot. Although Jordan Love has been good about throwing to spots. Um, yeah. I just, I, I think that that would be tremendously helpful for Jordan Love's development. I don't think the Green Bay Packers would do it because they have historically not done things like that. But um, yeah, that would probably be my answer for the Green Bay Packers. I'm with you. I think Green Bay's probably like if, if they're not acquiring the big wide receiver in all in sort of seasons, trying to acquire one now probably isn't what they do. But it, it, GMs and coaches get a little bit more anxious when the, the seat starts to get a little bit hotter and, and wins aren't coming the way that they used to. All of a sudden, you maybe see some transactions take place that maybe are a little bit um, you know, you were not accustomed to seeing uh, out of, you know, coaches and GMs in those situations. And remember too, they did try to acquire and, and thank goodness it didn't go through, but they did try to acquire Chase Claypool Chase at the Claypool. trade deadline last year, just the bears outbid them for it. So that happens. I don't think they'd be totally opposed to it. And I've been mostly against the, like getting a veteran wide receiver, just because I think the, the Watsons and the Dobbs and the Reeds and the, even Dontavian Wicks just need the playing time. But one of the things that I think, was sort of baked into that is I thought they'd have an offensive line that was going to give Jordan love a little bit more time to find those wide receivers open downfield as maybe it took them a half second longer to release and get open. than maybe it would a veteran wide receiver, but that offensive line hasn't been good. And maybe something that would be helpful for Justin, not only necessarily maybe the, the catch radius or things like that, but just having a wide receiver where he knows that they're going to be at the right place at the right time in the right moments. And just having that comfortability and knowing that a player is going to be running the right stuff at the right times, I think could go a long way for him, whether that it's a tight end, whether that's a wide receiver, whatever it might be. I do think there's some potential value that that could add to Jordan and just even try to get a little bit of a better evaluation for who he is as a quarterback, which is really probably one a on what the season is about at this point. Yeah. And also I feel like a veteran wide receiver can also add to the wide receiver room itself. I mean, these guys, yeah, they do need more reps, but it wouldn't hurt to have a guy that's been there before that can kind of show them things that and, and act as a mentor to some of these guys as they develop in the league, because, you know, you got the blind leading the blind at this point and not in a bad way necessarily. It's just in an inexperienced way. So I would, I would love to see a more a, a veteran presence in that wide receiver room for the Packers. And you said it too. This has now turned into a very crucial year to evaluate Jordan Love because, yes, you have two years left on his contract, including this one, but it's too late. After, after next this, this coming offseason, that's too late. You can't renegotiate at the end of someone's deal. That's just not how good business is done in the NFL anymore. So um, I, I think that that would be wise, but again, I'm not so sure it'll happen. And I don't even really know who's available and what Green Bay would be willing to give up at this point. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Green Bay does make any moves, either trading players away or trading four players. My guess is they probably stand pat, and most teams do. You maybe see a couple of transactions here or there, but it should still be an interesting trade deadline. 
really like your Derrick Henry to the Ravens idea. That would be really, really fun. Hopefully the yeah, Lions do not grab uh, a, a commander's defensive lineman. I, literally, I think I literally said any defensive lineman from Washington. Just get All any four of them. Really Jonathan good. Allen on there. I put Chase Young. I put Montez Sweat. Like literally anyone. Deron Payne, any of them would be a huge get for any team. Carmen, you're the absolute best. Thank you so much for doing this. I can't wait to talk to you next week. Hopefully, hopefully talking about uh, a Packers victory over the Minnesota Vikings and how that affected both teams. But if not, it will still affect both teams and we'll go over it nonetheless. Tell everyone where we can find your amazing work and find you on social media. Uh, all my articles appear on foxsports.com. And if you want to follow along with appearances or anything else that I'm doing, I put everything on my social media on Twitter and Instagram or X and Instagram at CarmyV, which you see at the bottom of the screen. Okay, you can follow her on Twitter and all social media at Carmi V. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. That's going to do it for us. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.